Welcome to Do Tell, where we dwell on the everyday lovely. My name is Ryan, and it's my hope that this podcast encourages you in your relationship with God and helps you focus on the lovely life He has given you. Hello to all and to all hello. We are now a couple weeks into December, and I hope you are enjoying the Christmas season. Last week, I said that we would talk about the real meaning of Christmas, but before we do, we have our dwelling moment. I want you to take some time and dwell on the most special birthday that you have ever had. If you're like me, my birthdays are celebrated drastically different each year, so I have to take some time to sift through some of them. Appreciate who was there, what you did, the words and cards you received, and all of the love that was present there. I also want you to plan out your ideal birthday party. I want you to think about who you would invite, where it would be, what you would do. Think about the most extravagant one you could ever have. What would you want that to look like? Go ahead and pause this podcast and take some time dwelling on those precious memories. When you are ready, press play again. So in today's podcast, we will be talking about dwelling on the presence of Christmas and what we are actually celebrating on this day. Last week, we addressed that this time of year can be hard, and it is important to take time to reach out to people and show them some extra love. Today, we are going to talk about the spirit of this day. I love when God reveals things to us, and this year, God revealed to me what the real magic of the season is. This week, I enjoyed sitting by the fireplace, Christmas decorations, Christmas music, a Christmas market, and everything just seemed that much more special. I was looking at a shirt I have that says one of the most iconic Christmas quotes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. And as I was looking at it, trying not to agree with it, I thought, you know what? I really can't. There truly is a magic to this season. There is a joy, lightness coming together of people, love for others that is just so much more present this time of year than at other times. But I thought, Lord, you are not of magic. There is no magic. So what is it? What is the feeling in the air? Why is everything just more special during this time of the year? And he said, it's my presence. He said, I'm so welcomed so openly and so frequently this time of year by so many people. It's the presence of my spirit, not magic. You take a whole month to celebrate what I did for you. People are seeking me out and looking for me and seeing me in all of the festivities. I am welcomed and I show up when I'm invited. Well, that just kind of rocked my world because how much more special is the presence of God's spirit than magic? I'll tell you, it is so much more special. And it's not just more special. It's more powerful, it's miracle working, it's loving, it's providing, it opens your eyes to his wonders. This isn't saying this is the only time of the year that you should be in contact or aware of his spirit and presence, especially since the Holy Spirit is in you and with you everywhere you go. But the Bible says that where two or three are gathered in his name, he is there among them. Well, at this time of the year, we have millions of people celebrating him and praising him openly. 
So it really is that much easier to be aware of his presence. So with that revelation, let's talk about what we as Christians are celebrating at this time of year. Today, we are doing Christmas 101. And next week, we might do a deeper dive into all of the Christmas facts. We're going to read from a few different places. And again, I read the verses instead of summarizing for you because the word of God is active and alive. And I want you to get revelation from God. So Lord, open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and reveal this beautiful story to us again, like it's the first time we've heard it. Let's read about the story of Jesus's birth. We're going to start with Luke 1, 26 through 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So this was Mary's version. Now we're going to go over to Matthew for Joseph's version. So Matthew 1, 18 through 25. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So this is just the introduction of the Christmas story. 
in which we celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And what we have just read, we meet the parents, and we see that nothing about this pregnancy is normal. We have Mary, the mother of Jesus, finding out she is going to be a mother in the most unique way. Nowadays, women normally find out they will be mothers by a pregnancy test, and their doctor is the one to confirm it. Well, we see that Mary's pregnancy messenger is an angel. The other amazing thing about this message is that she finds out she will be a mother before she's even pregnant. Also, for all of the other people in the world, there is normally a little something that needs to happen to even get pregnant, and that little something had not happened yet. Mary was a virgin and would remain a virgin until she gave birth to Jesus. This pregnancy was a complete miracle, and while we see it as a miracle now, it was not immediately a pleasant miracle to Joseph the father. We see through both of their accounts, Mary and Joseph both had an angel pregnancy messenger. See, Mary had been found to be pregnant, and Joseph obviously knew he wasn't the father. Like any man would have been, Joseph was not pleased with this discovery, and he had decided to divorce Mary. Yet he did not want to publicly embarrass her, so he planned to do it quietly. Yet before he got to that step, his messenger came and told him many of the same things that the angel told Mary. Not to be afraid, that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and that he will be a son. If you haven't watched the Chosen Christmas special from last year, I recommend watching it. I hadn't thought about how though although both Mary and Joseph were spoken to by angels, their messages were not entirely the same. And it was really neat to see them remind each other of what the angel had said, do not be afraid. But I love that Mary's angel told her that with God, nothing will be impossible. And we will remember that as we read the rest of the story. So to finish off where we will leave this beautiful story for today, we're going to Luke 2, 1 through 20. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. 
When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Wow. I just love that we take time to read this story every year, that we take a whole month to talk about Jesus's birth. So that message that the angel left with Mary, that with God, nothing is impossible. I'm sure she held on to that and brought that to her remembrance often. We see that her condition put her in a situation to be divorced. She was traveling miles and miles while she's at the end of her pregnancy. I don't think any woman would say that is ideal. And when the time to have her baby arrived, she was away from home with only Joseph, a carpenter, not a doctor, to help her in childbirth. To top it off, they were not even able to find a room to stay in. No, they were offered a stable. And in using the stable, they had to place their brand new baby in a manger. I would absolutely be repeating again and again, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible with God. And guess what? If this beautiful night shows us one thing, it truly is that nothing is impossible with God. So birthdays are kind of a big deal to me. For me, when you say happy birthday, when you celebrate the day, you are saying, I am so glad you were born. I'm so glad you're in my life. My best friend and I have actually been having birthdays once a month and twice on our actually birthday months for this entire year. Just one day a month where we take time to say, I am so glad you are alive and a part of my life. Thank you, Lord, for bringing this person into my life. So when I asked about birthdays earlier, normally when we think of the day we were born, we, we know things like what time, what hospital, how long, who was there. Every kind of person kind of has the same story. While not the savior of the world, the single most important person to ever take a breath, he was brought into this world in the most humble, nothing special, actually possibly stinky kind of ways. God could have brought Jesus into this world in such a grand gesture. He is God after all. He could have had the sun stand still. He could have had a bright light shining for the entire world to see. A loud voice and angels singing, declaring, and introducing him to the world. But that's not how God did it. But still, all of the details that went into the story were perfectly designed. And so much of it prophesied hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. To me, the most precious gift that God gave us along with Jesus was the proof that he really was the son of God, the savior of the world, God with us. Second Samuel 7, 12 through 13 says that Jesus would come through David's lineage, which he did. Isaiah 7, 14 said that a virgin will give birth to the son of God and his name will be Emmanuel, God with us, which we read today happened. Micah 5, 2 said that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. Hosea 11.1, that Jesus would be in Egypt. All of these things we read actually do come to pass in Matthew and Luke with the story of Jesus's birth. 
proof that God told prophets hundreds of years previous to Jesus's birth that he would be coming and this is what it would look like. And it turned out exactly like he said it would. So why, why, why? Well, we see that all along, God's plan for all of us was redemption. Back to him through Jesus. When we see the fall of man with Adam and Eve, opening up the world to sin, we see that God did not freak out and put a pause on everything and think, now what am I going to do about this? We also didn't see him start over. God created the world in six days, and he created it with his words, right? In the second this happened, there were only two people in the world. God could have easily said, scratch that, give me six more days, and we'll start this whole thing over with two new people. Actually, maybe let's just start with one. No, that's not what happened. What happened was God showed his love to us. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This verse right here shows the significance of Christmas. God so loved the world. Now, I am kind of one of those people that goes a little extra and says, I so appreciate you, or thank you so much. So is often used in my vocabulary. But I add it because I mean it from the bottom of my heart. It's so much more than just a thank you for opening the door. See, God could have left it at he loved the world. But no, he so loved the world. God doesn't pointlessly put words in the Bible. No, that so is important. He beyond loved the highest love possible he had towards the world. And by the world, he means everyone in it. That he gave his only son. Now, let's be honest. For most of us, we have, if we have one of anything, we're not going to give it away. We normally cherish that one thing. And giving away a child his only child for someone else? That's madness in our minds. That whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Not only did he give his only son, but he gave his only son to whoever. I'm going to tell you something. If I give my son, my only son, away to someone, which I would not do willingly in the first place, it's not going to just be to anyone. There's going to be a lot of vetting that goes into this. I'm going to want to know their plans, how they're going to take care of him. Will they appreciate him and love him? Well, that's not what God did. He said he gave his only son for whoever, whoever, whenever, however, so that they shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And in the story of Jesus's birth, we see these words of God come to life literally. We see this precious little baby miraculously born, perfectly clean, conceived of the Holy Spirit, yet fully human, born of a virgin woman. This is the greatest gift we have ever been given. Our Savior, a sacrificial lamb, sent to us by our Father who so loves us. He was willing from day one with Adam and Eve to make this sacrifice so that we may have everlasting life if we accept and believe his love and sacrifice for us. Romans 5.19 says, For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous.
And prophecy or foretelling didn't stop in the Old Testament. But as we see that the shepherds were the first to come to Jesus, there is foretelling there. The job of shepherds were to protect their sheep. As you know, we are described as sheep and the Lord is the shepherd often throughout the Bible. But another amazing thing about shepherds is that they were also held responsible for preparing the sacrifice of firstborn male lambs. They would wrap them, swaddle them in cloths, and lay them in a manger as they awaited and checked for blemishes. The fact that the shepherds were the first to come and see Jesus, that they were the ones who noticed the importance of this child, that they could have easily seen him laying wrapped in clothes in a manger, just like their sacrificial lambs. How beautiful. God knew that they would get it. They would go and spread the word. If you have never really understood the big deal about Jesus's birth, I hope that this has helped make its importance relative to you. From Adam and Eve, God's redemption plan has been for you. It's been for every single person on this earth. When people say that they don't deserve God's love or it's not for them, remember John 3.16. He sent his son for whoever. Whoever, that just means a person. God sent his son to this world to be your savior. And all you have to do is believe. And know how easy it is to believe when you see the loving and good character of God. This is exactly up his alley to have this great redemption plan for us and for you. It blows my mind that there's so many things that people believe in in this life without questioning it. Yet for some reason, they just can't believe in God. You believe in air, you never see it. You believe in everything inside your body, even though you never see it unless you see special views of it. You have faith in chairs you sit in, believing that they'll hold your weight without any scientific proving or checking before you sit down. You believe that the sun will come up every morning and the moon every night. So when I said that for some reason, they can't believe in God. It's not some reason. It's either the cares of this world or the forces of evil holding them back. And those people we pray for, we pray their eyes are opened, that their ears hear, that their hearts receive the truth of God. This isn't believing in Santa Claus or the Easter Bunny. In the plainest sense, this is about believing in the creator of the universe, caring enough about his creation to want to save it. So the truth of the Christmas story, again, is that God loves you. We read it in John 3.16, no matter what you've been told your entire life from this world or people around you, what you may have misconstrued in your mind, the truth and only truth is the word in the Bible. John 3.16, God loves you. And I hope that this Christmas season, you can embrace how good God is, that he really did send his one and only son to earth, born as a baby, completely human, to teach us, love us, and save us. Live in confidence in this all the time, but especially now, as a reminder of it is literally in your face everywhere you turn. Be a light to those in the dark who haven't had this revelation yet. Tell people Merry Christmas, share the love of God with them, and feel the presence of God everywhere you go, because He is always with you. Thank you so much for listening this week, and I hope you are able to go out dwelling on God's love for you and shining your light, living in the revelation of God's love for all to see. <music>